0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Catch and Shoot 2.0 is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot 2.0 goes well with both red and white and is perfect with the workout of your choice. Our hosts are Aaron Berlin, a former Kansas Jayhawk who believes the Orlando Magic will win the championship. Eventually. (laughs) His partner is Otto Strong, a man who has covered the NBA since before Dennis Rodman got his first tattoo. Fellas?
1: Thanks so much, Darlene. Catch and Shoot is back. And today we're talking COVID-19 protocols. We're talking the Dallas Mavericks. And of course, we're talking the entire Kyrie saga. But before we do all that, I have to welcome in the one and only his name is Otto Strong. Otto, how's it going, man? Doing well, man. How are you? How things? Oh, I'm exhausted, man. This, (laughs) This entire last week, keeping up with the NBA, keeping up with these protocols, keeping up with Kyrie, keeping up with everything... That happened last week. That's the only word I had. I, I've thought about this and I've thought about how to answer it, but I'm exhausted, man.
2: Yeah. It, it, uh, it is exhausting. <laughs> so, so, so with that, let's, let's get, let's get into some basketball. Cause it's like the rest of the stuff. is just crazy.
1: Yeah. It's, it's fodder for another day. And I, I the lead story obviously is Kyrie Irving and his absence from the Brooklyn Nets. This For a player that has made so much waves with his voice and with his actions and with the way that he approaches things, this is almost to the tipping point with with Kyrie Irving. You know, today a video came out of him at a party without a mask, not following CDC or NBA guidelines. It's a birthday party. It is what it is. You know, and I can't fault people for gathering at a social event because during the pandemic, I hate to say it, I have gathered at a social event. So I'm not gonna be one that hits on someone on that. The thing that upsets me is for someone who's been absent from his team and his teammates without any kind of reason why, and that shows up without any kind of responsibility to his employer or his teammates. That's the part that really gets me, Otto. Yeah, but okay, but
2: what part of this is surprising? this is the guy that this is the guy, this is who he is. We've, we've kind of known that we've seen that in his past stops. We saw that in, we saw that in Boston. We kind of kind of got a taste of that in Cleveland. It seem like he would be the type of guy who would do this. So why are we exactly shocked now that, that he's kind of, you know, embrace, embrace all this stuff and doing the
1: doing the know, stuff that's, Doing That's a really good point And something that I, I haven't, thought about to a complete degree is you can't expect someone to change their behaviors when they are who they are. Right. And that's sure. part of growing up and becoming a man As you eventually find out who you are and what's important to you in life. And, you know, Kyrie has fully embraced his personality and I'm not here to tell anyone they can't be who they want to be. And so that that's, that's a really good point is that you can't fault someone for just being who they are as a person and doing what they want to do. It's just magnified to the 10th degree when you have so much skill and so much talent and you're a top 15 player in the NBA, is is that safe to say about Kyrie Irving? Yeah, yeah. You know, cer- cer-
2: certainly an all-star, you know, no question. Yeah.
1: When you play, people love watching you. And I, I'd say it's more built out of frustration that we don't get to see him more. Is that fair to say? Yeah,
2: it, it is. I mean, look, the only thing I'll say that it, to drill down a little bit on, on my kind of gruff first comment was that, you know, uh, back in the 90s, we started in the last dance. I mean, we knew who Dennis Rodman was for, for, for NBA fans, whether new or old. You kind of get the gist that Dennis kind of marched to the beat of his own drum. But the difference is that going into uh, a casino or, uh, or a nightclub, strip club, whatever, didn't potentially back then have deadly consequences as a result of doing that. And so you're, you got to, I mean, I, I do think that there is, you know, Dennis was Dennis and Kyrie's Kyrie, but you do have to account for the fact that that stuff is just on a much much deeper level. I mean, it's not like that that you know deaths are not people aren't getting, you know people are getting sick and people are dying and p- people in the NBA know people who have succumbed to this. You know, we'll, we'll just you know start and stop with Carlton Anthony Towns' mom just 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 for one. So I think that players, um, Kyrie and everybody else, uh, need to have just a, a little bit more respect for. Um, their, their brothers and sisters in the NBA and the people who they supposedly are running with and trying to, you know, accomplish great things.
1: Yeah. And you know, the Nets came out with a statement today. They don't know when Kyrie's going to rejoin the team. The NBA we've spoken about this at nauseam at times is more of a fraternity than any other professional sports league. You know, players know each other. They've grown up with each other. They played on the AAU circuit. They were friends in college you know, a lot of them, you know, will congregate when they enter the league. And so the NBA players have more of a friendship and a bond with each other than I think any other professional uh, franchises. How is he going to be perceived amongst his peers when he returns? That's an excellent question. I mean, Look, I, th- I think
2: you'll have the, the the public comments, and I think you'll have the private comments. You know, uh, I think the the league, uh, like like any other, uh, is sometimes good about keeping the dirty laundry, you know, <laughs> in the wash <laughs> uh, and not on the clothesline, uh, and and other times that you know it's it's out there for all to see. Uh, that will that ultimately will be an interesting one. This this you know, Kyrie story is obviously developing, so you know we're not we're not sure what might come up in the, in the hours and the days ahead. But I, I I think for the most part they will probably try to protect them uh, as it would be my sense but at the same time like i said you know you have people players who don't have parents walking around now because of COVID, and so you know i think i think everybody just needs to kind of remember that and it, you know it's as we said before you know it's not the flu it's not a cold it's not you know some other magical thing that was put here it's you know it's the serious stuff you yeah and
1: well, you know, and it's worth bringing up, remember how Donovan Mitchell reacted this summer when Rudy Gobert, you know, back, well, I right. guess it wasn't summer. It was spring before yeah. the NBA yeah. shutdown with how Rudy Gobert was acting yeah. about COVID-19. And then he was the first one to test positive. And there were reports that Donovan Mitchell was frustrated with them beyond belief that they hadn't talked for a while. And so I can't even imagine what his Nets teammates are going to be like. And, you know, for this is, so frustrating for the Nets, right? This is a franchise that for the last few years has done everything so well with not having picks, building a roster, building a culture, landing Kyrie, landing KD. And then it seems like in the span of three weeks, it's gone poof.
2: Right? Well, look after yeah, I mean, look after their first two games. Uh, you know, two and oh, and we we had we had them penciled into the yeah, NBA we were finals, talking Eastern
1: Conference finals for sure,
2: right? And and now it's like what now they're six and six, you know, and and, and who the hell knows what you know, it's like what group is going to show up and what's going to happen next. I, 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 I don't know, I don't, I don't get it. They obviously know Kyrie, then they know they have to, they have to, you know, handle with care, um, fragile package, however you want to, whatever you want to say it, and they need to, and they need to kind of do all that. I, I don't think you want your. You don't want to be in a position where you're, you know, losing a guy or the the chemistry, whatever it is that they've got uh, at this early point in the season. There was obviously a time, to, a lot of time to course correct, but you feel like it does have to be addressed at some point. This can't just, I mean, look, the, the difference in in it, Robin doing his thing, like Jordan wasn't the guy who was doing that stuff. It was Rodman. So you know, is that a, is that an effective way to say it? Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> no, it's actually a wonderful comparison because, you know, remember, Michael was the one who went and brought Rodman back to practice and told him it's time to come back. And so exactly. at some point, a teammate – it's not going to be the front office because I don't think that's the front office a responsibility. Front office builds the roster, they put the coach in place, and then it's the coach and the teammates that effectively, you know, play out the season. So at some point, Kevin Durant needs to step up or another member of that Nets team needs to go and have a conversation with Kyrie. About when he's ready to come back and when it's appropriate for him to come back and his actions moving forward, I don't think that's a head coach call. I don't think it's a front office decision. I think it's player personnel. You know, hmm. I, yeah. I, I let them deal with that.
2: Yeah, one of those clubhouse questions that they need to, you know, figure it out. And yeah, I agree, totally agree, uh, absolutely.
1: Ready to talk some more coronavirus and the NBA? On, oh, let me get my mask. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, and we are honored to have with us today, T.J. Macias, a real-time sports reporter for the McClatchy News Group. Uh, I know T.J. because we work together, but beyond that, T.J. is real good and knows the Dallas Mavericks and a lot about what's going on in the NBA. So, T.J., welcome in.
0: Hi, Otto. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing okay. Doing okay. So, kind of catch up. I mean, so we record on Tuesday. This will air on Wednesday, and this is a very fast moving story. So, bring everybody up to speed with what we know at this point. Uh, with respect to COVID in the NBA,
0: so uh, you know we have a few teams that have been affected by it, and the games have been postponed. Um, one especially was the Dallas Mavericks. Yesterday, they were supposed to play the New Orleans Pelicans at home, and of course, you know it, we had players that were um, sidelined or they didn't come home from the was it the the Denver game? Um, yeah. yeah, and. So of course, yesterday fans were completely hyped about uh, Porzingis possibly coming back and being available. And then it was about an hour later that you know the bomb dropped and saying that the game had been postponed due to COVID health concerns. And so now this it, it's turned into a massive clusterfuck. Pardon my French. Um, that there they had a meeting scheduled today and that they were talking about. You know tightening the protocols on the court um like you know no hugging no handshakes stuff like that mask on the bench but it, it it just sounds like they're like trying to put a band-aid over a gunshot wound at this point and i i just i just don't get how it can't we can't stop the or at least pause the season for about a week or two, because we don't know who's infected at this point. I mean, they're doing the tests, they're doing all that, but you know, they're still allowing players onto the court. So the Mavericks, as of right now, they um, are set to go to Charlotte, and they uh, we received a PR email that they were getting on the plane and leaving at three o'clock central time. They're still set to go with all this stuff happening, so it's just it's just been completely chaotic uh, in the league at this point. And so it's, it's kind of frustrating, especially from a media standpoint um, that, you know, that we don't want to risk these players' health at this point. So, I mean, it's, it's just a a whole chaotic mess right now.
2: Game on Thursday in Denver, players test positive. They're held back. They come back for a game against the magic in Dallas on Saturday, they don't have access to those three players, and then they and then they postponed uh, the, the Monday game, and now and now we're at the point where they're we're trying to figure out where they're going going for the Charlotte game. So
0: yeah, we. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been receiving emails that are like, "Are they still going to play?" And as of right now, they're still set to. But I just uh, I, I was um, you know texting one of the other writers, and I'm like, I don't know how this can actually happen. If you know, there's reports coming in from like the Dallas Morning News that said what four more players were infected or tested positive for the virus, and with even with these restrictions that they're trying to tighten, this is a this is a contact sport. There's they're sweating all over each other on the court. How if we don't know who has it? How are these like tightening restrictions not? I mean, better than how it was supposed to be in the NBA bubble last
1: season. Yeah, TJ, and that's a really good point. And the way this needs to be analyzed is this isn't an on-court issue, right? Like this is not a players guarding each other, players around each other. This is everything that happens outside of an NBA basketball game, outside of an NBA facility that the league just simply cannot control. And part of the reason this worked over the course of the summer was because it was a confined environment. They had complete control over who the players were seeing, where they were going, where where they were coming from. And that was why there were no postponements. There were no positive tests. You can't do that in an environment like this. And so I guess a follow-up to that is, how are the players feeling right now? How are they reacting to these new restrictions that are being placed? And what are their thoughts on it?
0: Like so far, you can see... uh, like, following them on Twitter, you know, they They have, I'm pretty sure that, like, I'm not positive the major players have reacted so far, like, to that. But I remember yesterday, Luca tweeted out, you know, the shocked emoji after the 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 game was canceled. And they, all I know that at this point is whenever they do interviews, they are, you know, they take into consideration everything that's happening on the outside, but they want to play. And that's what they're focused on at this point. But just with everything going on, I can't imagine how they wouldn't be concerned about, you know, someone who was out the night before that they didn't know was out the night before gets back on the court with them. And there's a possible super spreader event that completely bitch slaps the entire league.
2: That's a good way to put it. That's really... (laughs) On the head, right there. All right, so so let's talk about some encore stuff. I mean, you know, COVID will be with us, and we'll we'll have to you know navigate all that. But this is you know a Mavericks team that um, obviously people have high hopes for. Uh, at least those in the in the in market do. <laughs> um, you know, Luca is he an MVP guy? But he's not going to be any of those things unless they get KP back. So Porzingis, this was going to be his moment. Where where, where where are we feeling? How are we feeling about the team now? And what do you what do we think is going to happen with Porzingis?
0: Well, I. I'm super excited to see him come back. I know the fans are, and that's, that's what they've been waiting for because there's been, you know, frustration with a lot of, uh, you know, what's happening on the court as terms in terms of, you know, this giant roller coaster ride that they've been on like one game, they're completely on Lucas carrying everybody on his back. The next game, they can't, their offense and their defense are just fucking tanking at this point or at that point when they're losing and so like a lot of the frustration goes on you know a lot of people harp on Dwight Powell because he hasn't been consistent lately um Willie Colley Stein has been doing excellent uh so far which I never thought I'd hear myself say because I was born and raised a Kings fan and like the Kings fan base just didn't really respond well to him when he played for the Kings Mm -hmm. it was it, it's, it was very clear he didn't want to be there, but the pairing of him and Rick Carliles, it it it's working and there's chemistry there and he listens to him and he follows through. So um, it's actually been a pleasure watching him this season with the team, but they are in desperate need. If they want to be consistent, they need KP back on that court. And that's what everybody has been just clamoring for at this point.
1: Yeah, and this is a Mavs team that has obviously won four of their last five games. Let's talk about the dynamic between Luca and Chris Stapps. How much of a difference is that going to make offensively? And then what's it going to do defensively for this club?
0: Well, it's been a while since we've seen them together. I mean, it was, we saw them last season and then he got injured in the playoffs. So the impact is going to be just considerably significant on both ends of the court when it comes to them. Um, they they just pair well off of each other and it's it's not only just powerful but it's entertaining to watch and i mean luca on his own is entertaining but just this is what people have been waiting for with kp especially in the offense um it this is just what like everybody's been clamoring for and so last time uh Usually what everybody was excited yesterday for was that it was the the announcement was made, but it came with a warning that last time uh, Kristaps was ready to go on the court, uh, he, I do believe that they benched him. He decided not to in the final minute because he wasn't 100%. So he has to make sure that he's 100% ready to get back on the court for him to start making a difference as well. If he feels that he's not, it it either he's gonna you know back out at the last minute or it's just he's not gonna be up to par on the court.
2: So the Mavericks were a team that, um, as good as they were offensively, they were oftentimes that bad defensively. And I'm I'm obviously Porzingis coming back uh, and an effective Porzingis would help all that. Um, what what do you think they're you know with with him coming back or assuming that he will be kind of pick up where he left off. What do you think? Do you think they have a chance to actually improve on the defensive side and actually, you know, get to a point where they could, you know, not just make the playoffs, but, but be a challenge for a top, for a top four spot.
0: Well, I mean, in the West it's, it's stacked and it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's fucking crazy at this point. So yeah, with the defense, the defense has been struggling, you know, especially when you have like Dwight Powell, Powell starting, um, it's just it's not looking he again will make a major difference it'll be a major upgrade from what we've had so far on there and but again he has to be 100 percent. and i know that they have playoff expectations and everything's building around luca they want him to be the mvp so they need to make a significant run in the west um but I know that with KP, it'll be more consistent against the, like the stacked West at this point. Um, so I know that both of them back together on the court, it, it is a distinct possibility that they will make, they will get to the playoffs, they will seed.
1: Yeah, it's certainly going to be fun to watch. And this is the argument Otto and I have had on this show numerous times. You know, it seems like Luca has not had a real running mate, right? Like someone that on a night where maybe he's struggling offensively that he can pass a torch to. And I've said for the longest time with Otto that unless this team – can finish in the top four in the Western unless they can maybe make a Western conference final. Then Luca has no chance of being the league MVP, right? Like that's how big and how heavy of a weight that Chris Tapps is carrying on him. What does Luca have to do to be the MVP in your eyes?
0: Oh dear God. Okay. So a big problem that Luca has and every team knows this he's baited easily. He's baited easily into making texts and to getting upset, when Luca gets upset, his whole mojo is thrown out of whack. And it takes him for it takes him a little bit to settle down. He did it on uh he did it during Saturday's game, but he was actually able to get himself in check. So I it shows growth on his part that he's able to do that. But he really needs to relax a little bit when it comes to being baited into fouls by you know, the other team and by other players. It just, it's too easy for them. They know this.
2: What do you, what do you think about, uh, uh, kind of drill down on that a bit a little, little bit, because I remember where he was doing that thing where he would grab the inside of his jerseys and, he's, and he ripped the jersey apart yeah. in, in frustration. He did that more than one occasion. Um, and I say this because, you know, a young player, fine, but he's a guy who's been playing professionally for a really long time since he was
0: a teenager yeah
2: exactly so when you can kind of consider it and with all the antics that goes on with with ball overseas you kind of would i don't know i just i i just look at him and feel like he should be in a better place with with all that right now
0: oh every excuse i keep getting from you know other people is he's still young okay that's right he's going to be what 22 yeah um he, you're right. He's been doing this since he was a child, um, and you're on. You're in the pros now. You're in the spotlight. Everyone's looking at you, and he's still able to, you know, nudge a little bit. And if a player like pushes him completely, he'll start going off on the refs. You see him get so frustrated with the refs and with the other players that calls aren't called or you know fouls aren't called. Things aren't seen. He he just gets pissed off. And it takes him a second to calm down. And at this point, with as professional as he has been, and as long as he's been playing this game, you're right. He should have more control on his temper at this point. I mean, mean, does he want to turn into DeMarcus Cousins right now? Is that what he's (laughs) aiming for in terms of temper? But he has to get it in check. He has to.
2: Absolutely absolutely hey so uh what do you what were your thoughts on on some of their off season moves you think like they were i mean um seth was was a big fan favorite, obviously you know with empty arenas it's kind of hard to judge I don't think but uh what are your th- thoughts on on having a guy like him along with the club
0: well, i we like a lot of the fan base and you know the media were upset to see him go I mean mm-hmm. he was a playmaker he how many times has he been on this team? It feels like he's been booted <laughs> and then like recycled so many times. Um, I remember when they got him from the Kings and it, it instantly, he had made a difference on the, uh, on the court. Um, but I was, I was sad to see him go the accusations. I was, I was okay with it. it they had a, I think I'd grade their off season, maybe a B. Um, Cause it, I was feeling neutral about it. Um, like not too excited, but you know, not completely and utterly gutted. Um uh with JJ Barrera, I was I was sad to see him go. But that was, you know, I think it was time. Um and he after the injury, him and Luca, I remember when uh I, I want to say it was Luca's first year or second year. No, first year. It like the pairing of him and JJ. Um, On the court was great, but in the locker room, it was really significant. Like their friendship made a huge difference in terms of locker room leadership. And it was warming to watch. I look more in terms of, you know, locker room leadership of who they bring in and who they take out and losing JJ was significant in that area to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, TJ, I'm going to let you go on this one. You got that Super Nintendo in the background. Don't act like I can't see that. What's your favorite game? What do you play? Are, are, are oh, you Mario? Okay. Are you Donkey Kong? Uh, what's going on there?
0: Legend of Zelda all the way. Link
1: Zelda the player. You do yes. a lot of Link players. Okay, I, I respect yes. that. I, I respect that. TJ, thanks so much for taking the time and joining us. It was great to catch up. It was great to learn about the Mavs and how the NBA plans to get out of this mess.
0: Thank you so much for having me, y'all. That was dope.
1: Okay, so
2: some Zelda chat next week. We'll be talking Dungeons and Dragons uh, for those of you who want to. <laughs> but uh, but let, let's, you know, to, to bring, it, bring it forward here. Like, like I, don't, I don't get this with, with, with the COVID cases. We had, you know, uh, the League got an A for, for how they handled the summer and the early fall with the bubble. And right now, in my mind, they're looking at like a C that could easily be downgraded to a D really, really quickly. And I, like I've I've said this, been saying this for for weeks, if not months. They should have started in a, they should have started in the home arenas, have the Christmas Day games because no one wants to be separated from their family during the holidays. I get all that. But like right after New Year's, they should have had like an Orlando bubble, a Dallas bubble for the central teams, and like an Arizona bubble for the for the West Coast because California is on fire and that's, you know, that's a no-go for the life of me. I don't, I don't get it. Aaron, help me. What am I not understanding?
1: It's, it's perplexing, man. It really is for you laid it out perfectly for a league that played it as good as you possibly could with all the circumstances. And as far as finishing the campaign last year, they've bungled the start of the season and there's no way around that they had case studies not only for how major league baseball proceeded how the mls continued their campaign the nfl has done an entire season in which you know they've been on this rotating game schedule when they've had players test positive they've done contact tracing and maybe and maybe there's a difference with those leagues and we're not fully hearing everything that's happened with their testing results but the nba knowing that they have limited rosters knowing that one case could Rule out entire games, decided to jam this schedule in a condensed way, where you had teams flying all over the country, staying in hotels. You know, and it's it's hard enough to get players after they just went through an entire bubble experience to want to basically quarantine their lives to play basketball. It's even harder to do that when they're going to different parts of the countries that are experiencing different hotspots. And you're right, Otto. And you've said this, and I'll give you credit for this. You've said this since we were talking bubble basketball, that the only possible way to start another season was to have some form of the bubble. And the NBA has basically had no answer to this to date.
2: Yeah, like it, it's, it's discouraging. Like at this point, it feels with all that had to happen to get a bubble in the first place, it feels like it's too late in the game to even try to, arrive at a point where you can where you can introduce something. I mean the fear is that you don't lose a good chunk of the season such that or so that the you know the 20 the, the playoffs in 2021 get pushed into you know the Olympics or beyond and then that and then that starts to screw with
1: the 2022 season. But well, I mean, here's yeah. here's the thing why did the season need to be 72 games? Right? Like why couldn't the campaign have been 40 to 45? You get 20 home games, you get 20 road games. That would have been 40 games, right? Most people will say they know what an NBA team is after 40 games. I get that the league lost a ton of revenue and they're still trying to regain some of that lost TV money. But playing in unprecedented circumstances, there was no need for a 72-game season.
2: Well, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they, they've only released a portion of the schedule. Yes, so, a, so up this, until March, I believe. Right. So this so early March. So the back half of the regular season is potentially something that who knows, maybe, maybe, maybe they've got a you know a, a B team or 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 separate separate plan that if the first half of the season is, you know, goes haywire, that they can say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna have this team who was working on it on a bubble plan. Bring that, bring that to the forefront uh, for the second half. That that would be my hope. There are a bunch of smart people with, working in the NBA. I, I, that would be my hope that that's what they're doing. But, you know, who knows?
1: Yeah. I, I, I hate hitting on the NBA so hard on this because I feel like Adam Silver, everything that he has done for the league since he has taken on that role as commissioner has pitched a perfect game, you know, for lack of a better phrase. And this is a Big big mark on his resume right now.
2: Well, like I look, I, I, like I said, I think they do have time to course correct. I mean, they they have perhaps a couple of things in their in their in their bag of tricks for the second half of the season. But you know, it, it just you just hope that that these things kind of do self-correct. Well, you know, what you didn't know about it at the when this when the season started was the the COVID variant, which is yeah. 70% more contagious than than you know, COVID light or whatever you want to call, it. you know, the first the first. Go round of it.
1: I like you know, that COVID light.
2: I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make fun of, you know, make light of it. But you get, you get the point. I mean, there's, you know, who, who knew that there was going to be something that's 70% more contagious with, you know, just, uh, but anyway.
1: But no, man. Sometimes we need to, you know, we need to make tough situations a little bit more lighthearted. So it's okay to joke about things in those, in those moments because everyone knows we've been preaching it on this show every single day, every single week that it's time to take it serious you know if the league needs to shut down for two weeks for a month do it take care of your players take care of your staff take care of your coaches take care of all your personnel because at the end of the day that's all that matters money games they can all be replenished they can all be replaced and the league was in a healthy spot before this you know what after a year two it's going to be in a healthy spot again
2: and and there's nothing to add to that I well said, well said. So with, so with that, we're going to call this edition of Catch and Shoot 2.0. I want to thank our producer, our man in this chair, Scott Turkin, our big boss, Bruce Bernstein, and our editor, Tom Phillips.
1: Absolutely. And before we close, I do have to give a shout out to Markel Foltz. I feel for the instance that happened to him with him tearing his ACL. Player that finally seemed to kind of re, be regaining his form. Wish you all the best, Markel. Hope you come back better and stronger next year. And we hope that you continue to check out all of our content here at Pure Hoops Media. If you didn't catch the Mike Wise show this week, make sure you do it. The one and only Otto, Bruce Bernstein and Monica McNutt. Took over that show. That was a worthy listen. That was fun. I, I, took, I took note of that one. Full Court with Jenny Fisher and Kara K debuts on Tuesdays. We are your one-stop shop on Wednesdays for all your NBA news and nuggets as we bring you all the latest breaking news around the loop. Bucket Sports and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure drops each Thursday. And, of course, we round out the week with the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Otto, did I miss anything else?
2: Uh, you landed the plane.
1: That does it. All right everybody, have a great and healthy week and make sure you enjoy some hoops.
2: Wear those masks everybody, seriously. Take care.
0: Captain Shoots 2.0 is a presentation of pure Hoops Media.